Hey, hey, what is up? Good day to everyone. I want to welcome you to this groundbreaking, pioneering, trailblazing episode of the White Tiger Podcast, episode 16. Now come over, give me a hug, and let's get this thing started. We all get one chance at life. What are you doing with yours? All failures and successes in life start with you. You steer your own ship, control your own thoughts, and choose how you react to things that occur. Everybody deals with challenges. It's how you handle them that makes the difference. Proper advice and real-world answers can be hard to come by, and that's where the White Tiger Podcast comes in. Host Craig Casaletto has seen and experienced things most people don't and shouldn't. 15 years in law enforcement taught him many life lessons, and he's here with a raw perspective on the professional and personal challenges life throws our way. This is the White Tiger Podcast. What is up, everybody? How do you do? Welcome to episode 16 here at the White Tiger Podcast. I want to thank you for being here. If it's your first time, welcome. You picked a really good time to stop in because this is going to be a really cool episode. So hopefully you do not have your car double parked. Hopefully you fed the meter and hop on the phone, call the babysitter, let her know you're going to be late because this is going to be a really great episode for you to tune into. So something new here at the White Tiger Podcast, this week we are having our first interview and it's actually a really good one. So in this episode, I get a chance to interview a guy named Costa Pagonis. Now Costa, if you don't know the name or are not familiar with the name, Costa goes back to episode two, which was called Asshole in One, and he is a person that... I worked with both in law enforcement and had this friendly competition with on the golf course and ultimately came out of it was blaming pretty much all life's problems, both professional and personal, on the shanks. Now, if you're not familiar with golf or the term shanks, and no, it's not a homemade knife made out of scrap metal, basically what the shanks are, it's kind of a combination of a physical and mental block that pretty much causes you to self-destruct on the golf course. It's actually a mishit. You just cannot hit the golf ball correctly no matter what you do, no matter how much you've practiced. For whatever reason, you just cannot hit the golf ball and perform on the golf course. The best part about the shanks, it's so translatable to life. Whether you are a golfer or not, just the concept actually works. Because there's some days, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you practice, no matter how hard you prepared, sometimes it just doesn't line up. It just doesn't work. You just can't get it right. For whatever reason, Costa's solution was pretty much to blame everything on the shanks, golf or non-golf related. So everybody, here's the interview with Costa. Listen, I hope you enjoy it. There's a lot of uh, life stories, life lessons, some funny stuff, um, but it was actually just a really great time to sit down with Costa. I really enjoyed it. Hope you guys do too. Listen, I wanted to thank you uh, for being on this uh, podcast. So listen, why don't, you, why don't we start off things by first introducing yourself because I talked a lot about you in episode two, which if you haven't heard already, is called Asshole in One. You got to check it out because it's really kind of a good backstory to this whole thing. So, so Costa, why don't you just explain to the people that are listening uh, just kind of who you are, what your background is, what you're doing, and kind of your relation to uh, the whole game of golf. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I, you know, I've always been into sports. Um, my first passion is actually baseball. Um, I got into golf a little bit before freshman year of high school. Uh, I picked up on it pretty quick. And uh, I tried out for the golf team, made the golf team, and, you know, kind of went from there. Freshman year of high school, I was the uh, 10 people made the golf team, and I was the number 10th ranked player. Um, I didn't go to that many tournaments um, because 
you take like six guys to a tournament. So um, I didn't want that to uh, to happen anymore. So that entire summer, I just I practiced a lot. You know, I did a lot of chipping in my backyard, stuff like that. You know, I just anything golf I tried to uh, to learn about. I tried to you know read a book here and there. Um, a lot of what helped me was actually watching it on TV. Like uh, I learned how to hit a hit a sand shot just by watching Tiger on TV. Um, and, you know, I practiced that whole summer and then sophomore year, I, uh, you know, the, started the, the season again and I went from the 10th ranked player to the, to number one ranked player. Um, and then it just went from there, you know, I just practiced a lot. I practiced a lot in the summer. It was my, uh, it was kind of, you know, what I enjoyed doing. I, it was an escape from, you know, I didn't have a tough life by any means, anything like that, but, uh, it was just something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed going to the range and just, you know, there wasn't much to think about when you're just, you know, hit a golf ball. And when you're hitting golf ball well, there's really not a lot going through your mind. Um, a lot of times when you're going bad is when uh, when you have too much on your mind. I, I agree with that. And also, too, maybe just to go back a little bit, can you, can you tell me exactly where your golf journey kind of started? Well, the first time I ever played was my dad took me. And it was something that I, I got to do with my dad. Um, I, I, like I said, I've always played sports. I always played baseball. I played football. Um, a big thing that always, you know, stuck out for me. I always learned, I always saw how hard my dad worked and I always wanted him to see me, you know, when I was a kid, you want, you know, you want your dad to come to your baseball game, stuff like that. But, you know, the baseball games were during the day. My dad, especially in the summer and spring, you know, that was his busy time. And he never really, you know, he never had time. He would try to, he would try to make it. But when it came to baseball, he just, he couldn't make it just because of the schedule. I remember one time he made it to a game, but uh, the game got rained out. And, um, and that was, you know, that was always something that stuck with me. Anytime my dad would be able to make any type of sport event, it was a lot to me. And uh, when he took me golfing, you know, it was something that I was able to do with him. And that was really what drew me in. And, you know, he saw that I liked it. And the better that I got, the more that, you know, the more he, you know, was supportive of me. My mom was very supportive of me. I mean, before I was able to drive, you know, she was the one driving me to the golf range. She would sit there and just watch me hit a bucket of balls. Um, you know, my dad, I'd go to the course with him all the time. You know, it was, it was, it was excellent, you know, bonding, if you want to say. Yeah, and so that did that continue through college while you were playing in college? Yeah, I mean, well, in in college, so I went to college freshman year, and then uh, uh, I, I got you know past the freshman jitters, started playing well uh, the second half of the year. In the Northeast, it's it's a lot different playing than you know if you go down south because you have to deal with the elements you know of uh, our springs and and falls, which most of the time it's like kind of playing in the winter. Um, so we, uh, it was very difficult, but, um, you know, after my second half of my, uh, freshman year, I started getting, you know, my legs under me and I started playing better and started playing to, you know, what I knew I could play. Uh, so then going into sophomore year, I was feeling, feeling good about it. And unfortunately first, uh, first tournament, first hole of, uh, of a freshman year, I, uh, I left my drive out a little bit to the right just off the fairway, but I didn't notice a root under my ball and I, uh, I hit down on it and, uh, it had like a grade two tear in both of my, uh, both my wrists. But, um, it was something that I was able to keep playing with. It was more managing pain 
and I changed up my swing, which was difficult. Yeah. Um, but I never really got back to, you know, where I was, which was frustrating. But the good thing about it was um, I still was able to play after everything. I still was able to play with my father. He still enjoyed it. They still supported me. Um, now, would you would you feel like that that part of your golf career kind of ended as far as you being competitive on like on a collegiate level? Yeah, to the to the point where I was. I mean, I would have uh, I would have you know days where it would just come back where you know you just you're feeling it. Right. Um, a lot like I don't know. You remember David Duval? Yeah, yeah. So um, he uh, Duval was one of my favorite players growing up, just because you know he would put on his sunglasses just go out there and do his thing he would um you know he really wouldn't give too much emotion and he was just this guy that would just go out there and pull off incredible shots i mean he shot a 59 to win a tournament which is pretty amazing he at one point you know he was at the top of his game and then out of nowhere he kind of just fell off i know you know there was speculation you know he had vertigo stuff like that but out of uh once he started going downhill then you know one British Open, he put it all together again, and he won it. You know, that's kind of how it was. You know, I would have a, t- a good tournament here and there, but it wasn't where I was. You know, I got to say, uh, secretly to this whole thing, just to add to what you're saying, I kind of have a similar situation where, to be honest, I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you know this. I'm a huge fan of John Daly. And because I look at John Daly, and, and the thing about John Daly for me is, is that he's totally the anti-golfer golfer. And to be honest with you, I was just thinking about this a couple of weeks back, I said, listen, if I ever found a genie bottle, right? And I rubbed the genie bottle and I was able to make three wishes. One of those wishes would, I would give all the golfing ability back to John Daly. And I swear, I'd love to see him win the, the masters in like his underwear. And to be honest, what the reason why I say that is because he's so anti-golf and more of like the regular guy. The fact that he could go to like a place like Augusta and play and just knock everybody out of the park and just be totally anti-golfer is just the thought of that and him coming back and smoking a cigar or cigarette, you know, with with the paps in his uh, in his back pocket would just be absolutely awesome to see. Yeah. Well, you know what the thing is with John Daly is he doesn't care. He doesn't care to do that. His ability never left him. He just he doesn't care if, you know. If he cared, it seemed to me that he had a lot of demons to yeah, exactly. Uh, exercise. There was other things that he was worried. He wasn't worried about golf. He never lost his ability. Like like David Duvall, he lost his ability. You know, the guy couldn't hit a fairway. He, you know, it was golf is golf is between the ears. Um, most of the time. Well, you know, and and I'm glad you said that. I'm I, I agree with that 100. percent I'm glad you said it, and I apologize for cutting you off. But I wanted to mention this: when you went through that issue with your wrists. Did you feel like coming back or not getting back to where you were? Do you think that was more of a mental challenge for you or was it more physical? Um, at, the, for, at the beginning, it was physical. Um, I had to, the problem was I had to keep playing because sophomore year, freshman year, we had a very strong team going in. A lot of, young, a lot of freshmen um, went, into the, uh, went into the season. And then the next year, we, a lot of guys, you know, either transferred or, uh, you know, left. Um, our team kind of, you know, went down, dwindled, we went down to, uh, I think a total of six players. So I kind of had to play, yeah. um, in order for us to go to tournaments. So, uh, it was more of the fact that, you know, I play hurt and we go, I don't play, nobody goes. So. 
not to sound like a martyr or anything like that, but that was, that was a situation. So you did what you did for the benefit of the team. Yeah. And you know, it was, it's not just a benefit of the team. Listen, we played some great courses. <laughs> it's not like I was, you know, I was in a hole shoveling dirt. You know, I got to play Pinehurst, you know, I got to, you know, go away for spring training, Myrtle beach, stuff like that. You know, it was, it was an awesome experience. Yeah. So, so golf now is more recreational to you than it is competitive. Yeah. But you know, you, the, the, the competitiveness never leaves you. Oh, true. I agree with that. And I think that's with all sports, especially mm-hmm. if you've been involved in some type of team sports in your lifetime, it's just, it's almost kind of like part of your DNA. So, but now that I know that you're really not competitive, you actually, to some degree are competitive, right? Because, because I kind of talked about this whole competition that we had in reference to your post-collegiate career. Now here you are. Now you're currently working in law enforcement, right? In the law enforcement field. Um, and listen, just to, not to go off on a tangent here, but I got to tell you, one of the reasons what, that I wanted to have Costa on this podcast is this. We all know certain people in our life that are just really just good, salt of the earth, hardworking, just really good people. And I could tell you from my personal experience, and I think there's many others kind of that know Costa that would share that same sentiment about him because that truly is uh, and I respect this guy tremendously and it's, it's an honor to have him here because I, I really love his story and he's just one of those people. I know a lot of people out there listening have those type of people in their life. And I think a lot of times too, is that when you listen to these different podcasts, you don't get a chance to hear their stories. You know, it's always kind of like that uber successful and not that he's not, but you just, those people that mostly everybody knows. And I think value kind of, um, is, exp- can be obtained from various different people and from various different backgrounds and so on. So um, sorry about that tangent, but maybe you could start off, Costa, and tell me, other than you being fantastic right now that I kind of just made you you know, look like the uh, Superman here and you're going to save some- – Yeah, usually I, don't, usually I don't get those compliments. No, I know. Believe me, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Usually everyone's saying the opposite. Uh, but aside from that, um, so, so tell, can you tell everybody about like the whole, the whole competition that took place that um, – but the whole fantasy football thing and how he came about the whole theory of you blaming everything on the shanks. Okay. First off, the shanks is not a theory. The, the shanks is a real thing. I, well, I, so, I, I disagree, but go ahead. I'm going to allow you to talk. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you remember the course that we played? Uh, I, I thought it was Skyview. I, I think it was. Now, Skyview, I think it is. And Skyview is a, is a course, course in northwestern New Jersey for, you know, for those who are not from northwestern New Jersey. Um, I don't remember exactly how the, did the competition start right from the beginning? You know, I'm not sure if it started exactly from the beginning. Well, you know what? It may have, I, I think it might start from the beginning. I gave you like, I think 15 shots yeah, aside. I, <laughs> I don't think it was that many. I think you gave me five strokes for the whole 18 holes or at least if no, I don't, I don't think it was, I'm pretty sure it was like two, two shots a hole. I think it was yeah, two I, shots I a hole. I, I think the, your facts are a little, uh, are a little messed up, but anyway, regardless, <laughs> you gave me strokes, right? Oh man, I, I wish I kept those. Yeah, you, yeah for a result, you <laughs> there was a pro- time that you gave me strokes. You gave me, I would say, five strokes or whatever it is. But so the the, the thing is, you gave me that you gave me strokes, and now uh, I'm we're playing and we're playing for not necessarily money or pride or something, but you know we both we're both in this fantasy football league together, and we. Uh, we're trying to facilitate some type of trade, one that seemed like a, on its face that it would be, it would be to your benefit or your benefit if you want. Yeah, and something you know that that gives a little bit of that uh, 
that meaning to the bet, you know, instead of, you know, oh, I'll play you for, uh, you know, for lunch or something right. like that. You know, this was more something that like, oh man, I can't yeah. lose this. And, and so, so you, we started playing and what you, you want to explain the rest? Yeah, we started playing and, uh, I don't know. I think I was, uh, I think I was doing a number at, on you in the beginning. So, uh, and then at, at some point, I mean, I just, I got the shanks and a lot of people that play golf really know what the shanks is when you're catching the ball off of the hosel. Um, and the shanks is, it's like a glitch in your swing. You're, you're coming down on the wrong angle, especially when you're, when you swing at a, at a higher speed than let's say, you know, some, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that you'd be playing against that swing around 60, 70 miles an hour, you know, right. um, you know, when you're swinging a little bit harder, you have the ability to you when you hit down on the ball the hosel will come first and hit the ball and you kind of shank it off to the right um right. Know, very it was made popular by the uh the movie tin cup you know tin That's cup right. they explain it a little bit differently though tin cup uh, the guy believed it was all between his ears that's yeah that's basically what happened we got into uh we got to a point where we we were around even or you know it was very close and then yeah i got the shanks and completely you know could not keep up with you know your 70 mile an hour swing right so listen here's here's the whole point in the in the real story behind it is this is that you know what sometimes when the game of golf when you go out and play golf sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off just like in life sometimes you're you know you have good days and sometimes you have bad days now, regardless of what your theory is on the shanks, I just feel, in my personal opinion, is that you just had a bad day when it came to golf. Now, listen, on top of it, in all fairness, you were golfing with three other guys. Uh, I can't say if there was any drinking involved, but what I can say is you were probably getting your, your balls busted. And, you know, that probably factored it into you probably not playing as well as you would have liked to. In addition, and this is another part of it, you know, obviously, you've already we already talked about how golf is a mental game. I think that there was a pro. I think mentally something got to you. I thought me. I felt mentally there was something in that that it was someone busting your chops. I don't know if it was me or someone else, but I think mentally you broke down and it translated to your golf game. No, not at all. So when I would play, let's say bat, let's say in college, even after you know I got hurt, or, you know whatever excuse I want to give, whatever you know when I would play bat, it was usually my putting. Um, I mean, I've had rounds where the, I, I, I'd be lucky to three putt a green. Um, it would be my putting or, you know, uh, my driving would be way off. Um, which that's not being on your game. The shanks is a completely different thing. The shanks, there's nothing you can do about the shanks. The shank, you get the shanks and you have a glitch in your swing. You have to, you can't play. You actually have to go to the range and figure it out. You know, where, what, what angle you're coming down on. So the shanks are not a mental thing. Ah, uh, for me they're not. Well, they they might be. It wasn't because I was getting my balls broken or anything like that. I, just, I got off my swing plane. I don't know necessarily. I agree with. I guess maybe if you're a, you know, if golfing is maybe your profession or your your kind of bread and butter, and you fall into a, you know, a bad rhythm, kind of like a tin cup thing, then maybe I could buy into the whole shanks theory. But I think that for the most part. Uh, Listen, I just, I really, I'm just going to say it. The better man won that day. And, and ultimately, I think it was just you having a difficult time accepting defeat. So, I do, so, I do, so what happens? It's, is this a way of you saying that you just had a bad day? Or, I, mean, cause I still can't figure it out because, listen, the shank seems like it's something like you, you just, you know, you got, you contracted something. You know, oh, listen, you know, I, I got the flu today. I, I got the shanks. 
Yeah, so I had to go see the doctor, and the doctor gave me an antibiotic for my shanks. You know, I mean, I mean, listen, it's just it's like I said, it couldn't it just be something simple as I didn't play well. You know, I got be- I got beat by the better golfer on this day. No, no, because if I didn't play well, I would have beat you. Listen, you know what? LeBron James loses once in a while. I don't know if you know that. And you listen, doesn't mean he's a bad golfer. It doesn't mean he's a bad basketball player. It just means that, listen, his game was off. It didn't mean he get to, had the shanks. Definitely. Definitely. So there you go. But, so but, when, but, when, my, but when my game is off, it's, it's off. It's not the shanks. The shanks is different. Yeah, I still, I still don't know necessarily if I agree with you, but I think either you've convinced yourself that uh, you have had the shanks that day in order to save face because, you know, obviously, so... See, the, the thing about the shanks is you can't, just, you can't just say you had the shanks so you save face. The ball's actually coming off the hosel and it's going dead right. If I had a slice or something like that, I could work with that, you know? But when you're just, when you're just shanking the ball, you know, that's exactly what it is. It, it looks like a shank. If you were to see somebody hit a shank and you say, geez, what was that? The first thing that pops in your head though is the word shank you don't know what shank means but it's a shank yeah it's a shank and, and you know what it's like i was saying too in the uh, in episode two when i talked about it i said you really kind of almost applied it to the rest of your life and it, it almost sounds that way that you know what hey listen if something if, you, if they shut the power off in your house that you really kind of just have to blame it on the shanks if you run out of gas or get a flat tire you blame it on the shanks you know what i mean if you have uh you go on a crappy first date i hey, get to blame it on the shanks yeah why not you know, it's not like, you know, I, I just didn't talk enough or I just didn't comb my hair. I didn't take a shower or something like that. No, it's the shanks. It's See, I think I think sometimes I get it and there's a certain situation and time just to blame it on the shanks because it's a good practice if you think about it because it's just like you don't think about it too much. You just kind of, you know, just say, ah, you know, I really don't care. I'll just blame it on the shanks. But you take it to a different level. And I and then because it's actually true. Yeah. I, don't, I Again, I, I all right. Explain to me why it's true. So. You go back to, all right, LeBron James, okay? Right. So LeBron James, if you were to play LeBron James in one-on-one and his shot is completely off, okay, who's going to win? The other team. No, no, I'm saying you and you and LeBron one-on-one. I mean, come on, so you're trying to say you're LeBron James at golf? No, 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 I'm like LeBron James compared to you at golf. Uh, oh, my God, this is just getting out of control. <laughs> Listen, you're more like uh, Fuzzy Zeller and me, not not like uh, Fuzzy Zeller was a hell of a player. He, he was. He didn't have the best. He didn't have like, the best views on life, but he was he was a uh, was a great player. Yeah, maybe maybe Fuzzy Zeller is the wrong word, and he's like <laughs> I don't even know if he's golfing anymore. Maybe like uh, I can't even think of I can't even think of one on the spot. Honestly, it's kind of like you're probably like it's because you're so frustrated. You're so you're so frustrated because we had this bet, okay? And I think I remember it clearly. I gave you like two shots a hole. Come on. Yeah, it was two shots a hole. I said that from the beginning, and you were like, "No, it was only five shots for the entire." Day. No, it wasn't even close to that. So it actually sound like that. Too, it was. <laughs> it was two shots per hole, okay? So I remember I would have to double bogey a hole that you would par, or no, you would have you would be double bogeying a hole. I would par it, and we would tie. So basically, if I bogeyed a hole. Okay, you doubled it. You won. So when I have the shanks, when I have the shanks, and I absolutely can't put a hole together, you're gonna win. You're gonna win hands down. You know what though? That's life, man. That's life. Sometimes you get the shanks. Yeah, it happens. And then, and then you know what? You get the shanks. You gotta accept it. Yeah. There's nothing you could do about it. We had the bet on the table. I got the shanks. Hey, it helped you win. Yeah, and you know what? In the end, it really didn't. I mean, if you, if the whole story really was is that in the end, I did win. And I didn't need any of the strokes that you gave. Yeah, because I had the shanks. So listen, 
Listen, here, here, let me, I'm going to put this whole Shanks thing to rest once and for all, okay? Because we can go on for hours talking about the Shanks. And, and to be honest with you, I think probably all the people that actually tuned in are already tuned out because uh, they had enough of hearing about the Shanks and how fantastic that you just compared to. I'm laughing because you just compared yourself to LeBron James. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't that, compare myself to LeBron James. I compared myself to LeBron James to you. Like your oh, golfing okay. ability and my golfing ability. Yeah. All well, right. I don't know about that. You still lost. Just need to take it like a man. I mean, come on. Yeah, we laugh about the whole blaming it on the Shanks thing, and and it's but it but it's so true. I mean, it's it's literally true. I mean, you could really apply it to pretty much any part of your life, and it actually kind of works. But of course, uh, you kind of it's a it's a de stressor. It is a de stressor. So uh, other than just kind of like your experience with golf, you know, through high school, college, and now kind of recreationally, and and losing you know fantasy football bets or losing any bets as you play. Where else have you kind of felt like kind of golf has been a benefit to you, whether it be personal or professional? Oh, everything that golf teaches you. If you're actually become, if you, now to sound preachy, if you're a student of golf, if you actually, you know, take it serious and you understand what the game's about, um, you know, golf teaches you patience. Um, you know, it's what's the first thing that you learn about golf etiquette, right? So golf's a gen- gentleman's game. Um, golf is the only, you know, the only game that, you essentially call penalties on yourself. You know, you, you're, you're supposed to govern yourself and you're supposed to hold yourself to that level. So golf, golf teaches you patience. It teaches you a uh, focus. Um, I remember, you know, in college, I, I would, we would practice putting, you know, with other people, putting balls through your line and stuff, see if you can keep your focus. Um, and that was always something that I pride myself on that I liked to, uh, you kind of tune your tune stuff out, you know. So golf, you know, it teaches you etiquette, teaches you, um, you know, honesty, patience. Um, it teaches you focus. Um, it's it, you know, it's 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 a game that it's like no other. You know, it's you you can be on a team, but essentially, it's, it's a one man game, one man, one woman game. One, yeah, one man, one woman game is very true. And you know what? You talk about like this relationship to like law enforcement. And you know what? For any job, really, um, listen, no matter what, you're going to have people that go out there and play the game the way it should be played, you know? And, and it really kind of uh, it, it taps into your, you know, personal pride and it taps into your integrity. Uh, and, you know, 100%. But, and, and that's the thing. How, how often do people actually go and play the game the way it's supposed to be played? No, and you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the one thing I always felt about that is that I I, I am very strict with doing it. One because it's it's the way I am, but I also do it for this reason. I will never know genuinely if I'm getting better at the game unless I just follow the rules and just treat every round as I would treat every other round. Right. So if I'm taking if if I decide one day that I just don't want to take any penalties or I just don't want to follow the rules. The score may reflect that I'm actually playing better, but in reality, I'm not, right? So if I'm out there and actually following the rules and um, doing what I have to do as far as like taking penalties and scoring the way it needs to be scored and maybe not taking a mulligan and doing all those different things, then I'm going to have a truer depiction of how I'm playing and, and most importantly, if I'm progressing because I can't, I could say to myself, well, listen, I'm not going to play, you know, I'm not going to keep. I'm going to take a mulligan on the front nine, on the back nine. I'm going to take a breakfast ball or whatever you want to call it. And then I'm not going to take this penalty. I'm going to move my ball and whatever it is. You know, I'm never going to know if I'm getting better. 
because on, on the on the scorecard it may show that I am, but realistically I'm not, and I'm kind of only fooling myself, especially if you you're yeah the type you're of not guy. playing it the right you're not playing it the right way, right? And then you're, if, if you you're know. that type of guy that wants to be competitive and wants to do better, he wants to best himself or herself from their previous round and show progress. That's the yeah. best way to do it, realistically. Yeah, and if you're trying to do that, you're trying to beat the game, and you can never beat the game. I mean, even if you got a hole in one, that's still one stroke against you. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, uh, another really great thing about the game of golf, uh, it's really not how you get there as long as you get there, you know, because there is a lot of stress and I think a lot of attention and people put a lot of money as far as like getting lessons and buying, you know, top notch equipment and stuff like that to strive to be perfect when it comes to playing golf. Mm-hmm. Now, being perfect may be being in the fairway and not going out of balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, being perfect is hitting your ball as far as you possibly can or further than maybe some of the guys you're playing with or your opponent if you're playing competitively. Um, the problem is, is that I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that it's not about being perfect. It's just a matter of getting your ball there in the least amount of strokes. Yep. And listen, if if it's like if it takes you... If it takes one person five strokes and they hit the ball, you know, far and made a couple of mistakes as they got closer, or it was you didn't hit it as far and you got there in the same amount of strokes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't show up on the scorecard. It just shows that you got there. It's just a number, mm. right? And I think a lot of people kind of get lost in this whole being perfect and wanting to drive it long and and wanting to do all these different things, and I think they kind of miss the point of just focusing on just getting it there and getting the ball there. And I think that kind of translates, and we talk about how it's very reflective of life. I think it, it translates very well because, mm-hmm. listen, as long as you get to whatever destination you want to get to, uh, that's the key. You know, a lot of people give up before they even get there. So the fact that you're you're pushing yourself or you're getting there, it, whatever path you take is fine. That's your path mm-hmm. as long as you're getting there. And that's the main thing. Yeah, and you know what? To take it back to, you know, the shanks or whatever maybe like people get a lot of very focused on you know numbers if you want to we'll use numbers as an example on the number it could be you know numbers can be money whatever it may be um you know your profession your career whatever rank you know title you hold when it if you were related to like a golf game um let's say you're striking the ball well throughout the day but your score is not there but you're satisfied with the way that you struck the ball. You satisfied with, you know, with the way that you, you went out there and you handled it. You, you, you hit the ball. Well, it just didn't happen for you. You know, that's that you can relate it, you know, I guess to life, you know, as long as you go out there and you do it the right way, you know, do you do it your way, feel satisfied with the way that you do it. That's really what matters. Well, listen, you know, I always said it, it I think this is just a general way of explaining golf and life mm-hmm. is that success is kind of very it, well it is very subjective. So listen, w- what I think is being uh, successful is could be different from what you think is being successful and everybody else that you know listens could say yeah, I mean, I'd just be happy to get up there and hit the ball or mm-hmm. I'd just be happy to get up there and you know uh, put a number on a scorecard. Yeah. Or I'd just be happy to get out of bed, you know, I know a few of those guys. Yeah. So hey, you know, it's 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 a matter of perspective. So success can mean various things, but it's it's funny again. Uh, the game of golf definitely reflects all those various different aspects uh, of both the ups and downs of life. Yeah. So listen, just to kind of set this up too, there is going to be a uh, another uh, Mr. Shanks and uh, the White Tiger podcast. I guess you want to call it or or, or whatever. It's going to be another Costa and Craig rematch. Mm-hmm. 
at some point in the near future. So I know there's a there's a golf a, a golf a big golf event that we're both participating in in September. And honestly, I think that's what's going to happen because the good thing about it is it's going to be a course of playing. It's going to be a, a series of like four rounds that are going to take place back to back. And I think that's going to be a perfect time to revisit this whole competition and find out who really is the better of golfer. And- and see if uh, if the whole Shanks thing is is really just you know a theory like I'm saying it or it's it's an actual diagnosis. Like yeah, I mean, and listen, listen. Since since you think the Shanks is not you know it's just getting beat by the better person, so I'm thinking that we'll go into this next tournament, okay, um, completely level, no points, no strokes given on either side, you know, and see what happens. Right. Well, listen, I, again, I'm having a hard time accepting that because of your experience, but man, hey, listen, you know what? Maybe I'll put it out to the masses and see what they have to yeah. say. They say straight hey, up or should I get yeah, straight that's, up? That's, see, that's see, what, a, see what the people That's have to a great, say. yeah, you're, that's a great point. You know what? Because listen, here's the thing. It's all of this stuff is is about them. Like it's hopefully mm-hmm. we're we're providing at a minimum some form of entertainment. And secondly, for those who are still tuned in, for <laughs> provide some type of value. You know, some type of value. Saying you know what? And not only is this entertaining hearing these two guys actually talk about the game of golf and mm-hmm. you know uh, talk about how it reflects in life, but I actually could take something away about it. Next time, you know, I you know I have a bad day at work, I'll just blame it on the shanks. That's exactly what you can do. You know, if it makes you feel better there you go. mentally, just blame it on the shanks. Is there anything that maybe you've learned through the course of playing golf, growing up with the game, the the similarities between that and what, the crap we deal with in life, and now your career in law enforcement? Is there anything that you could offer someone that's listening a, a kind of a pearl of wisdom or a bit of advice? Yeah, understand what you're dealing with. Every situation, just you have to understand, whether it be a person, whether it be yourself, whether it be a situation, just understand what it is. Um, that's really what's going to, you know, that's what helps me. Um, you can't really, you know, take something and and say, oh, you know, I'm going to do it this way because it happened like this. Every situation is usually, you know, different. Unless, you know, you, you're dealing with the exact same situation every time, which is you know, golf. Golf, you know, you can, you want the same swing. You want consistency. But when it comes to life, every situation is different. So you have to take everything with with what it is um, and address it the way it is. And life experience is what helped me with that. Um, working before I became a law enforcement officer uh, helped me with that. Um, st- struggling financially helped. Um, it gets, you know, it lets you understand people a little bit better. Because we're in that position where we have to, you know, enforce laws, and the way that we have laws set up is, you know, it can it can take a, a financial hit on people. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, for for me, I think too is, in order for you to understand uh, everybody else, uh, you have to understand yourself first. And I think that comes with, uh, you know. Playing team sports, being involved in, in, in getting in life experience. And for you, I could say, you know, that life experience has been golf and working various jobs and, and, and having those life experiences. And me too, you know, I think I, you learn a lot uh, from those experiences. So I always say, like, you know, when people go through difficult times, you know, sometimes people can look at them as, you know, you know, why me? Kind of like focusing on these bad circumstances as, a, as opposed to actually looking at the, the, 
the value of, of going through those, right? Because you go through them and hopefully you're taking something away from them that you're applying to another part of your life at some point in the future, you know, through, and that's just life experience. Yeah. Well, na- naturally, naturally you're going to, you're going to have that why me, even if you are that fighter, even if you are that one that's going to take away the experience, you're going to have that why me. Because obviously nobody wants to really be put in those positions. Nobody thrives to, you know, it's a different story from, you know, an underdog in an actual game as opposed to being an underdog in life. Nobody wants that, you know. So you're going to naturally have the why me. But what really defines you is how you address that, how you overcome it. Absolutely. Definitely much agreed and some good stuff. So what do you think? Did you want to, do you want people to find you? You want to tell people where they can find you or you would rather be anonymous? And No, I'm good. <laughs> You're good. You don't, he doesn't want to be found. So I will, I, I'll respect yeah. his, I'll respect his privacy. He's after this uh, podcast, he's going dark. So you'll never hear yeah. from him again. He'll just be referred to in the past tense. So Thank you very much for your time and uh, for coming on here and spilling your pearls of wisdom to pretty much everybody. It's very, very much appreciated. No problem at all. Glad to be on. So there you go. The Costa Paconis, a.k.a. Mr. Shanks interview. Listen, I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did actually sitting down with Costa and making it. I actually had uh, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and I think we actually got some stuff of value out that hopefully uh, you guys can take away. So definitely more of this to come. Uh, I do appreciate everybody coming out here and spending uh, 30 some odd minutes, a little bit longer than usual uh, with us. And uh, again, uh, just a couple of words I want to share. Subscribe, share, Instagram, and have a great day. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the White Tiger Podcast. If you have feedback or questions for future episodes, get in touch by visiting WTPodcast.com. Ah!